Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. Although this podcast is titled Last Times, it's not about the end of the world and things like that. I wanted to write and speak about this for some time, but I was spurred into action now by an evening call a few days ago. It's a few days ago before I wrote the actual article, so it's a couple of weeks ago now, to tell me that my older sister had suffered a stroke and was in ICU. Just that morning, I had felt prompted to phone her to hear how she was doing, but I got busy with something else and I didn't get around to it. Thankfully, she's now recovering well and I spoke to her and it seems that she'll soon regain strength and mobility. When I spoke to her, I said something that I haven't said to her in all 75 years of my life. I said, I want you to know that I love you and that you are very special to me. You see, I grew up in an age when family and society taught us that emotions were to be experienced but seldom articulated. So speaking this out aloud to someone other than my wife, children or granddaughters is a bit strange for me. But things could have turned out very differently and I might have missed an important last time with my sister. Let me tell you about some of the times that I've actually missed it. You know, sometimes we have a sense that we may not see something again, visit a place again, or spend time with the person again. For instance, at times when I preach to a congregation that I have not previously addressed and who are outside of my usual circle, I ask the following question of myself. I say, if this is the only time you preach here, then what is the most important thing you need to say to them now? But you know, this was easy. Easy to ask and easy to answer and easy to do because it wasn't in the moment. I had plenty of time to prepare and answer that question. But some of my more spontaneous last times have not been like that at all. My parents lived in the Cape, while my family and I lived in Gauteng. And I remember the time when I saw my mother for the last time. I knew that she did not have long to live in this world and that I probably would not see her again. Yet I just did not know what to say to her. So, you know, I said things that I thought were encouraging and light, but I wished later that I'd spoken from the heart and thanked her for all she meant to me and had done for me, but I didn't. And instead I missed a significant last time moment. Another example. I spent over three decades trying to build and support a local church. However, when I walked out of its campus for the last time, I again missed a last time. You see, I was overcome by the suppressed negative emotions that stung my eyes, and I just walked swiftly to my car and drove away. It would have been far better for me if I had taken a few minutes to stand still and quiet and respond to this last time, to perhaps thank God for the experiences of being part of the church, for the many wonderful people I'd met and learned to know, and for the privilege he had given me when he entrusted that community to me so many years ago. I've missed several other significant moments over my lifetime, 
and I know that if I had them over again, I would want to do and speak differently. However, I cannot relive what is past. None of us can. But perhaps I can learn to respond differently in the future. Can you think of occasions when you have missed or responded poorly to last times? Well, this begs the question. How can we avoid missing these important moments? Well, the Lord Jesus is our model in all things, right? And so it would be good for us to reference perhaps his most poignant and significant last time. Now, it's quite a long account, but it's worth reading to you aloud now. It's from John 13, verses 2 to 35. It's very familiar to most of you, I'm sure, and it goes like this. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel round his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean although not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not every one is clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I'm not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen. But this is to fulfill the scripture. He who shares my bread has lifted up his heel against me. I'm telling you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am He. I tell you the truth. Whoever accepts anyone, accepts me. And whoever accepts me, accepts the one who sent me. And after he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another, and I lost to know which of them he meant. And one of them, the disciple, whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, Ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then he dipped the piece of bread, and he gave it to Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. And as soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. What you are about to do, do quickly, Jesus told him. 
but no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. And since Judas had charge of the money, some of them thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the feast, or to give something to the poor. As soon as Jesus had taken the bread, he went out, and it was night. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. And if God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself, and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Now, this was the last meal that Jesus shared with his disciples before his crucifixion. Indeed, it was the last time he celebrated the Passover meal with them. He was fully aware that this was a most important last time, and he made the very most of it. He demonstrated the time-enduring Christian principle of servant leadership, and he instructed them to do for others as he had done for them. And then, with this as the backdrop, he pronounced the new commandment that was to define Christianity for all time. A new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Okay, in closing, what can we learn from Jesus' example? Well, at least the following. One, strive to be aware when we are experiencing a lost time, despite confusion or strong emotions. Two, take some time to pause and ponder. Don't be like me, a person who habitually gallops past the present to get to the future as quickly as possible. 3. Do and say what is of greatest importance to you at that moment, and what is most necessary to be heard and received. Not what we think we ought, but what we know intuitively to be right. And of course, the proviso is not to allow negative or destructive emotions to influence what we do or to say in that moment. And lastly, four, what we say to others in these last times sometimes stays with them and affects them considerably. We need to bear that in mind as we experience a last time. It's not just for ourselves, it's for others. The disciples must have often recounted to each other what Jesus said to them the last time they celebrated Passover with him. Folk, we will all have one final last time on this planet, when we will want our minds to be full of nothing of regrets. We don't want our minds to be full of any regrets. And, and what are regrets other than last times that we have allowed to slip by, unvalued or responded to? negatively. God bless you. Until next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth is the Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pebler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, Truth Talks.